1: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of this second season of Uto Be A Podcast, our Huddersfield Town podcast. Today I'm joined by Rhys Thomas and Mel Booth, both of the Huddersfield Examiner. Uh, and we're just going to look ahead to the Liverpool match, but also we're going to look back on the Burnley match and over the international break uh, and talk about how the Huddersfield Town players did then. To kick us off, uh, Burnley, another really good performance from, from Town. Probably didn't get what they deserved out of the game. Christopher Schindler in yesterday's press conference said that he really thought they should have won. What did you make of the game, Mel?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Town, the, the, the whole performance was very encouraging. And I think the reaction of the supporters at the end showed that. I think they felt Town were unlucky not to win. Obviously, they dominated possession, Uh, which has not been a theme that we could talk about very often, but they actually did take a stranglehold in the game. Uh, They had plenty of shots at goal, uh, and it was a shame that they got just the one. Um, But uh, the performance as a whole was very encouraging. I think David Wagner has been keen to stress that point, um, that while the results are not there, the performances, generally speaking... Uh, haven't been as bad as the results might suggest, uh, and they need to keep on putting in that that level of performance to get the wins that they need.
1: Reese, what what did you make in the game? Obviously, it was probably not the result that Huddersfield really wanted out of it, but you know, away at Burnley, you'd kind of take that point, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I remember when we were we were speaking before the game, we said that a, a draw would be a good point, particularly against a Burnley that had been pretty resurgent really so I mean it, it's pretty impressive considering that, that Burnley don't have those Europa League considerations anymore and the league is very much their priority. I think they're even out of one of the cups as well that um, that, that they managed to go there and, and dominate the game really um, I mean it, there were plenty of chances um, now a lot's been said about Chris Love putting in crosses and I think he's like one of the, the highest crosses in the league in terms of how many he's put in so it's it's no surprise to see him get the assist and and get the goal they needed. So, I mean, I think Mel's absolutely right. I think if, if they keep playing like that and, and keep managing to take the game to other teams, then you'd hope that the the first win's around the corner, really. But the, the problem is that the Liverpool are the next team, really.
1: Uh, uh, talking of crosses, obviously Chris Lerver on the left whipping in some decent balls against Burnley, one, obviously, that, Sh- that Schindler uh, got on the end of. We saw Aaron Moy play a bit, In a position we haven't really seen him play before for Huddersfield, drifting out to the right-hand side rather than playing in the two sort of in the middle. And I guess that's because of the the performances of of Philip Billing and also what Jonathan Hogg brings to the team. What do you make of having Aaron Moy out on one side of of the pitch? Obviously, it it would help Town put more crosses in from that side because he's got arguably the best right foot in the Huddersfield Town. Squad.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 all been forced really by the fact that Terence Congalow is injured and and Town have had to go to a back four. Um, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with Zanka and Schindler in the middle of the back that back four. I mean, it was a shame that um, they let Vokes score at Burnley because they they had had a warning earlier mm-hmm. when the cross was swung in from uh, the same side and he, he he really should have scored but headed it straight at Jonas Lossel. So they had had a warning. So it was a it was a bit of a shame that. Um, you know, the the repeat act was allowed to um, to register a goal for Burnley. But Town are very comfortable with that back four. They had the insurance then, of, as, as you mentioned, of, of Billing and Hogg in there, which allowed Aaron Moy a little bit more freedom. Town also had the pace of Rajiv Van Lepara on the other side, and they were able to get the ball out to him a few times, and he had space to run. So they did have the option um in there of of, of that bit of pace and Alex Pritchard of course played very well he was very tricky and Burnley didn't really know what to do with him he was dropping off was finding bits of space and he was linking up well with his teammates so all in all it gave town attacking options and once they got on the front foot they they proved themselves very capable so yeah it's an interesting option um, whether it will work quite like that against a liverpool or any of the sides in the in the in the top 6 as we as we refer to them is is another is another issue but certainly against burnley it looked very comfortable for town and it also sort of gives david wagner that that three with the with the lone striker as well um, that he can maintain that sort of uh, that sort of formation um Go, you know, looking to go forward. So, uh, it it'll be an interesting one to see who he picks against Liverpool. Very interesting indeed, because I'm sure he's very tempted to go with the same lineup, especially with Philip Billing apparently looking like he's over this knock that he mm-hmm. took with the Denmark under twenty ones.
1: one other thing that I wanted to touch on briefly about Burnley was, I guess, there was a decent atmosphere from the Huddersfield Town fans throughout the game. Uh, they were probably louder than the Burnley fans for the majority of it. Um, and you could kind of tell that at the end they were slightly disappointed with the result but could tell that their team had put everything into it. And I think the the moment that stands out for that is Christopher Schindler getting an elbow in the face and being covered in blood but somehow managing to continue on uh, and battle on through that game. That, I guess that just shows what sort of character this team have and maybe that even though it would have been easy I guess at that point when you know you're drawing 1-1 you've not won a game all season you've been covered in blood it'd be easy to to leave at that point and be like right okay I'm this is that's me out of the game get on going lads but obviously Chris Schindler stood in there kept going and and had a a really solid game and we were unfortunate not to get the win in the end so what does that tell you about the character of this team and Schindler in particular?
2: I suppose well it, it embodies what Wagner's been talking about really doesn't it that everyone is fighting for each other the town don't have the resources that some of the other teams do and they they probably have to with the players they have worked harder than other teams do to get a win so it shows that when you go to places like Burnley and and Burnley are a tight unit as well you've got to work hard you've all got to work together and even if it's for a few minutes you can't be can't be going off the pitch and, and allowing an opportunity so I mean it, it embodies exactly what the fans want to see and all of those fans will have paid a lot of money and and spent their free time to go and see it. It's, it's exactly what you want to see as an away fan. It's ex- exactly what you want to see in football, and, and it's just uh, typical of him, really, isn't it?
0: I think people made the connection as well between the the fans. Obviously, hundred and sixty-five of them walked to Burnley um, <laughs> to to honor Ray Wilson in that you know and raised raise money for uh, for for charity, which was a fantastic effort, and that you, you they saw that reflected on on the pitch and i think david wagner was keen in the press conference yesterday at one point also to stress that you know the the fact that um i think he was asked whether there would there would be momentum lost because of the international break i know it's something we'll probably touch on a bit later as well but and he he said no that you know the performance is still there we know what it was like we've got a good vibe in the camp and town may not have the best squad in the Premier League, that's obvious but there's nothing to stop them giving 100% every week and it's very rare and it has been very rare since David Wagner took charge that you could accuse Town of not putting in 100% effort and in in times like this you certainly need it and I think that you know it's, it is encouraging that the, the team look like they are playing for each other, they're playing for the coach and they really want to put in 100% effort for the fans
1: yeah, and that's something that they're going to need this week, this weekend, especially more than any other. Um, we've obviously spoken about it briefly, it's, it's Liverpool this weekend, arguably one of the best, if not the best team in the Premier League at the minute. How are we going to approach this game? What can we see from coming out of it? You know, Do you think that David Wagner, knowing Jurgen Klopp, will give him any form of advantage? Or is it just, let's perform as well as we can on the day and see what
0: happens? I think you've got to just perform as well as you can on the day. Obviously, David Wagner will come up with a game plan. He will have his ideas of how Town can best um, perform against Liverpool. Didn't work last season. Lost 3-0 on both occasions. So, you've got to come up with something maybe slightly different. Um, it It's it's one where, obviously, everyone expects Liverpool to win probably 2-0, probably 3-0, a bit like the Spurs game. But I was quite encouraged by how Town went against it against Spurs, and if a couple of you know decisions had gone their way, it might have been a different story. Town have got to stay in the game as long as they can. I think Christopher Schindler, that was the focal point of what he said um, in his press conference, was the fact that Town have really got to stay in the game as long as they can, because the longer you do that the more the opposition are going to get frustrated and the more chance you've got of maybe picking out, pick, picking them off and making the most of an opportunity. The town have got to stay in it for as long as they can, basically. Um, it won't be easy. I mean, Liverpool's you know, front three. People are saying that they're misfiring and all the rest of it, but they're a pretty startling unit, really. And all over the pitch, they've got class. I mean, the, whether James Milner plays or not, I thought, at the John Smith Stadium last season, he was utterly outstanding. You just forget how good some of these players are because someone like James Milner never gets picked out. But he was absolutely, utterly superb. So you, you've you got to put up against real, real high class in every area of the pitch. So if you're not on your best and you don't get a bit of luck, uh, as Wagner said, then you really are going to be up against it. And um, we probably need Liverpool to have enough there as well.
1: Yeah, and it, I guess, Liverpool is similar to Town in that, in the way that they play. Obviously, Klopp's style is sort of born from the same sort mm. of cut from the same cloth as as Wagner's. And I guess in that in that system, although Liverpool do have these talents, that system is all about how you play as a team. So, mm. in a way, it doesn't matter if Salah's injured this weekend because someone else who is obviously going to be a, a top quality player anyway is going to take his place. And he's gonna play in that system again as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I suppose that's the thing with the top six these days in the Premier League. That even if you had uh, Liverpool's entire second eleven out, they'd probably have a pretty decent shot at the Premier League. It's um, it's not really like you're talking about someone in entirely different sort of level of quality coming in. Um, I think it is interesting that that Klopp and Wagner know so much about each other and. I saw a couple of the quotes from, from Wagner as well sort of saying that they do speak every week, they have similar kind of tactical ideas and, and when they speak, they do speak about football as well so they know how each other thinks and and that could be an interesting sort of part of the game really in terms of does Wagner just try and stay in the game, stay tight and try and nick a goal or does he actually sort of try and, and throw something at it and see if they can get a lead and build from there. It's It's interesting to see how it'll go but I mean... Yeah, I mean, like like you said, Liverpool's brand of football it is brilliant. It's it's a lot more solid these days with Van Dijk in the back of the the defense as well. So it's it's going to take a really big effort to get anything out of the game, really.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to move on to next. The, the goal scoring has obviously been the issue with Town. I think we saw it with Burnley last last time out. Because although Town did score through Christopher Schindler, Burnley were all over the place at the back at certain points, which is surprising to say about Burnley, but they were. And Town still couldn't get that that second goal. And then now Liverpool come in with Van Dijk, who is questionable for the game but could play. And you know, like this list of endless talented players, whether they be forwards or defenders. How are Town going to be able to break that down? And is it going to be a case of let's try and keep a clean sheet and get a nil-nil draw, or will they have some ideas? And what would your ideas be about how to break down this Liverpool team?
0: I don't think. Anyone would set out to try and get a nil-nil draw. I don't think that's—it's not in the nature. You've got to—you've got to set out to score. And I think if Town could get their noses in front, it would be a massive help. It obviously hasn't happened very much recently. And let's face it—you know—in the last ten games at home, if you include the cup tie against Manchester United, ten matches at home, Town has scored just once. That was the Tommins winner against. Um, Watford back in April so you know it would be a huge help if Town could get their first goal in front of their own fans at home this season and we saw what happened exactly a year ago against Manchester United when they did get in front Aaron Moy scored five minutes later United still punch drunk really concede again and all of a sudden you're two up and despite Town conceding 80% possession in that game, they managed to hang on. Rashford scored near the end, but they managed to hang on and get the three points. So I think it was referred to yesterday as as well in the press conference where I said, well, it shows it can happen, so it can. Lots of things have to come together, obviously, to do that. The set pieces are a big thing. Uh, There again, Schindler made reference to it as well. The, the, The set pieces, the delivery from Chris Lover particularly has been... Fantastic. Aaron Moy is also very good at it. Those two obviously control what happens there. And Phil Billings long throw. We can't ignore it anymore. It's been a big factor in, in the goals that Town have scored this season. And he himself has scored one. So we can't ignore that anymore. But Town getting their noses in front would be a massive... Help because it obviously it puts a different complexion on the whole thing, it puts second thoughts into Liverpool's minds, and it gives Town that extra spring in the step from actually being ahead in a game for a change. So, you know they they were ahead at, at Leicester and it was very disappointing they weren't able um, to keep that. They were ahead at, at Everton as well again didn't hold on to it very long. So they need to get the noses in front and then you know try and stay there. Uh, but to score would be a massive help to score first would be huge because it would actually put a different slant on the whole game
1: again put talking about putting different slants on the game it starts at 5:30 this week which kind of it seems like a normal thing you know games kick off whenever 5:30 means that liverpool are going to know what teams have done before them in that in the table they're going to be able to see around them like who's who's done what it, will that benefit town in a way? Does that put some pressure on Liverpool if, if one of the teams around them gets a draw or or I think it's Chelsea Man United, isn't it, on, yeah, on Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. burnley Yeah, so if, if one of them maybe don't get the win, is that maybe could that play into town's hands so that there is pressure on them going into the game?
2: I suppose yeah, it could affect uh, sort of psychologically how they think about it. I mean, say if Man City put a few past Burnley then it could put pressure on Liverpool that we're, we're going to fall even further behind after a couple of minor setbacks the, the last few weeks um, I think as well the, the fact that it's it's half five, it's a TV game and and it's against one of the bigger teams they, it does feel a bit different, those sorts of games, I mean you'd think that it doesn't logically look like the kind of game that Town should break their duck at home but sometimes when the fans are louder, when the players mentally know that they've got to raise their game because they're playing a bigger team it Strange things can happen when you play the bigger team, So, I mean, it, it's obviously fairly far-fetched things that you have to look at to get its sort of inspiration to to think that they could win. But it's those sorts of things that can help sometimes, so you never know, really.
1: Who, who do we see as being crucial to Town's team this weekend, then? Who do we think is going to be the one to help them beat Liverpool?
0: We need someone to step up and score, for one thing, don't we? That's that. That is something... Maybe it'll be Pritchard, I thought he was very impressive at uh, at Burnley, but Jonathan Hogg um, I thought was terrific. You could have picked out a handful, let's face it, and made a very good case for them to be man of the match at Turf Moor. Um, I think people had various ideas, obviously Schindler, with his bravery and the way that he played in the, in the whole game, uh, was a strong candidate as well. They need to keep it strong down the spine of the team as well, so they need... They need people to perform in all departments really um you know i 'd like to think that town can keep hold of possession the longer they 've got the ball, obviously, the less Liverpool can do with it, uh, which is I think the the point that Jonathan Ogg was trying to make the other day um but you know you 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 don 't really look any further than you know Aaron Moy really to he has got the ability mm. to pick up in a defense and a midfield and a defense of this caliber. Um, so, you you know, you really want someone to step up and deliver a really high-quality performance.
1: If we had to predict then the game, what, what are we going to go for this weekend, score-wise?
0: Um, it's difficult to look beyond what happened against Spurs, really, although I think that was a lot closer than people yeah. might have thought. So, you know, you, yes, it's very hard to say Town are going to get anything out of the game. But if they get some decisions and they get a bit of luck it is not beyond them because the belief in the in the squad is clearly there it was, it, it's been expressed by various players over the last few weeks um and you know the, the the work rate will certainly be there but they're gonna have to get a lot of things in line to, for it all to pay off and they're actually to get a to get a point um the one thing town don't need at this stage of the season is to become cut off and if they were to lose and other results were to go against them obviously Cardiff are playing Fulham so something's got to give there Mm. Um, and um, Newcastle are at home to, to Brighton and Brighton are only on eight points so there again if results went against town they could find themselves at the bottom again. So they, but they don't want to get cut off so we do need Bournemouth to do us a favour against Southampton, we do need Manchester City really to beat Burnley we do need Spurs to beat West Ham, just to keep the bottom half of the table quite compact, mm-hmm. so we're talking about Liverpool looking at the results before 5.30, Town can do exactly the same and know that they need to produce as well um, so I don't think it's entirely one way um, in in that sense where You know, it's pressure maybe going on Liverpool. It's also Town needing to know exactly where they're at. And um, so I think that obviously it's hard to say that Town aren't going to lose the game. But as we know from 12 months ago, they can produce something special as they did against Manchester United. And we've just got to hope, fingers crossed, that they come up with a game plan that does frustrate Liverpool. And enables them to maybe produce certainly the biggest shock of this season anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Reece, what,
2: what do you think? I reckon you don't have to sit on the fence like Mel's doing. Like, <laughs> like well, I was going to say I'm I'm fully prepared to be wrong, but I think there's a decent chance that Town could get a nil-nil out of it. Um, Liverpool have had two games so far in in October, and they, they haven't actually managed to score yet. They've they've obviously played away at Napoli and and um, at home to Manchester City, which are two fairly tough games, but. I mean it's after the international break some of uh, their players have had to travel a very long way you know from Africa and from South America and and all sorts of places and and there's a few knocks around there as well I just think that if Huddersfield can work as hard as they have been doing recently and and keep it tight and maybe against Spurs I think they they got fairly fairly deep into the first half without conceding and if they could have gone a bit further beyond that and if they do manage to do that on Saturday then it becomes a lot more interesting when you get to the second half and you haven't conceded and Liverpool will get more desperate and Town will, will take some um, some encouragement from that. So I think there's a decent chance they can they can get a draw if they keep it tight, really.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree, but I don't know. My 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 fear is that people like Shaqiri or Sturridge who don't start every game have got something to prove and they all have the quality to do it on the day. So yeah, you absolutely. just worry about, you know, I, I can just see Shaqiri, you know, going for a trademark sort of bicycle kick or something and pulling something magical out of the bag but
2: Sturridge looks particularly resurgent, does Yeah exactly
1: you know they're playing for they're playing for for places in that Liverpool side and playing for new contracts I guess as well so I don't know hopefully we can uh, I think if town are going to get
0: something out of it they need to take the lead I think yeah. town need mm. to get their noses in front um I think if Liverpool get ahead it's going to be very difficult for Town because they've got the quality to keep the ball. They've got the quality to add to a goal as well. So I think Town need to get their noses in front and really put a different complexion on the whole game if they're going to get something out of it. And I'd love to see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, just last couple of things then. We heard uh, some comments from the, the Danish manager. If any Danish people are listening to this, please tell me how to pronounce it. A-A-G-A-R-A-I-D-A. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name is, um, and he spoke about Zanka saying that he could play it at a bigger Premier League club, which David Wagner took exception to yesterday, um, saying, "You know, it's probably not the best idea for Denmark to comment on the stature of a of a of a club." What do we make of those comments? And I think now it's probably probably finished this uh, bit of beef.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's. It... It shows the pride that David Wagner has got in what he's achieved at Huddersfield Town, and he's not prepared to let anyone belittle his club, or you know, or or anyone anyone else who plays for it. So you know, he, in a in a way, I can understand why he was upset and and angered by it at the time, uh, and and why he's is he's, uh, happy to accept an apology over it. But I think it shows the pride that David Wagner has in the job that he does and in the club that he he works for and the fact that you know he won't let anyone belittle anyone because you know it is fantastic that Huddersfield town are in the premier league and you know players will be playing to try and improve themselves to try and improve um, uh, you know to try and move on and get you know bigger contracts and things down mm. the line that that's only natural for players to want to do that and to play at the highest Sort of um, echelon that they can, town are at the highest echelon as far as you know leagues go, so you know he's quite right in the sense that why should anyone sort of um, judge them and belittle them, and I, I can understand it perfectly from that that point of view, but I think more than all, more than anything, it emphasises the pride that David Wagner's got in the job that he does and what Huddersfield Town have achieved.
1: And talking of the the manager, just to finish us off. Uh today it's his birthday today he's 47 years old if you had to think of one moment in his whole time at town since November 2015 when he first came in what is that moment that you remember more than anything which I mean I guess the, the, the easy answer here would be the, the playoff final victory the Schindler penalty and things like that but what maybe other than that what would be your, your highlight of the Wagner era
0: uh there are two really. I think the celebration at home against Leeds United when Michael Heffler scored in the last minute or the last moments. And obviously then it, it kicked off with, with Gary Monk and what have you down uh down the touchline. But the celebration of that goal um from Wagner and also the celebrations at Chelsea, um after you know, Premier League football was secured at the end of last season. Um, I think those for anyone who was there those moments will, will live long in uh, in the memory
2: Bruce
1: any yeah. highlights for you? <laughs> um,
2: you'd probably say fairly similar ones wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I mean securing um, survival in the Premier League for, for a club like Huddersfield who've had to wait a little while to get back to, to the top flight I mean it doesn't really get much better than that to be honest and particularly to get to get a point at Chelsea as well, I mean, is a result any team in the world would be proud of, really. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say that's probably probably got to be the highlight, and fingers crossed to get through it again this year, really.
0: Yeah, I, I like our little while was forty odd years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think my, I've got to say
1: mine was uh, the Watford game. I think both home and away, actually, two of the best games that I've seen Town play. Um, and I just remember after the home game, the guy sitting next to me in the press area, who's a town fan, was just in floods of tears after the in goal. Like, just grown men blubbing on the sidelines. It was, it was just incredible. Um, but yeah, that brings uh, this episode of Who to Be a podcast to an end. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, um, looking back on the first win of the season against Liverpool. But you know, fingers crossed. But until next time, uh, keep the faith.